Support for this podcast comes from Planned Parenthood. It's hard to imagine a world where we leave future generations with fewer rights and freedoms. Since the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, politicians in nearly every state have introduced bills aimed at blocking people from getting the essential sexual and reproductive care they need, including abortion. Planned Parenthood believes everyone deserves access to care. And with supporters like you, they can reclaim our rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit PlannedParenthood.org future to learn more and support their cause. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Halloween is on a Saturday this year. It's two Saturdays away from today. Plus, it's going to be a full moon and the second full moon of the month, which makes it an extra special blue moon for all the Halloween people out there. This was going to be a good one. Then came the pandemic. But as far as I can tell, it hasn't stopped people from decorating. It certainly hasn't stopped the grocery stores from selling candy. I've even seen videos of people building like these little candy shoots to deliver candy from a distance, from like the front door down to the sidewalk. The question is, will it be safe to go out there on the 31st and trick or treat? And after that, how about Thanksgiving and Christmas and Hanukkah and Kwanzaa and New Year's? This felt like a good time to ask if the holidays are on or if we have to cancel them too. I asked Dr. Aaron Carroll. He's a professor of pediatrics at the Indiana University School of Medicine. Go Hoosiers. Dr. Carroll, are the holidays canceled this year? Well, they shouldn't be. Uh, you know, certainly I can imagine a scenario where things could be so dangerous that they need to be, but that'd be very few places around the country. I think if we take proper precautions, a lot of holidays can still be pretty safe. Even though a lot of the country seems to be experiencing what people are calling a third wave, we see cases ticking up almost everywhere. I mean, this is the thing. First of all, it's important to understand that the country is a big place and that just because some areas are experiencing a third wave doesn't mean that every place is experiencing a third wave. So first, I really want to know what's going on in my backyard. But even if we are entering a new period where disease is becoming more prevalent, I'd argue that we should still be doing many of the same things to keep ourselves safe that we should have been doing before the third wave. If we were all doing a good job of trying to stay outside as much as possible not spending a lot of time inside near people, masking up, having no close contacts, washing our hands constantly. That's the same advice I'd give people in wave three that I would have given people before wave three. Hmm. Uh, if we all did a really good job of that and individually trying to do things as safely as possible, that'd be better than all the restrictions. Well, let's talk about some of the particular problems that these holidays that are coming up present, starting with Halloween, where you'd have potentially a bunch of kids hanging out together on sidewalks in front of houses, potentially in their homes, where you have a lot of people potentially interacting. What do you think is the safest practice there for communities across this country? If I had to design 
uh, an activity that could potentially be safe during COVID, I'd have a harder time coming up with something better than trick-or-treating outside. Think about it. If families congregated together in units that were already pods because they're living together and they agreed to walk around, kids would want to wear masks. I mean, it's the holiday where you could encourage them (laughs) and decorate a mask to put on. We could tell people, okay, you know what we got to do? We got to put like little dots on the walkways to show where six feet apart is so we could wait our turn to get candy. We could put the candy outside in individually wrapped wrappers, which we told kids don't open it until we get home and clean off your hands or anything else. So there's no, no touching each other. You could even parcel it out and leave it out, separate it outside so kids could pick it up. It's on a Saturday. We could agree in neighborhoods to say, let's start at 3 p.m. and, you know, stagger it by age groups. It could be an extended, de-densified holiday where if we all put a little work into it, we could make it safe. The CDC put out guidelines on Halloween that said going door to door is a higher risk activity, quote unquote, higher risk. Do you think think the CDC is wrong on that? I think they're looking at this as binary. They're thinking like, well, you know, look, look, if we're if we're ringing on doorbells and people are opening it and we're spending a minute talking to each other and while we're talking, another group comes up and gets in our face. Yeah, this is a recipe for disaster. And I'm like, yes, that is. But I just described a completely different scenario. What I'd rather they do is say, hey, this could potentially be unsafe if we're not careful about it. So let's talk about all the things we need to do in order to make this safe. And if you can accomplish all these tasks, then it's it's really low risk. And then that's great. Let's do that. Let's talk about something that makes it harder to be safe completely, which is like combining households for holidays like, let's say, Thanksgiving or yeah. Christmas or Hanukkah. Uh, what do you do when you have to say, Combine your bubble with your parents' bubble with your siblings' bubble, and all of a sudden you've got 20 people in a room eating food in a close space, something like Thanksgiving. So I wouldn't do that. Like, that's where it's like I'm saying, like, yes, I cannot find a way in my head to say 20 people who have many other exposures sitting inside eating together, or even worse, like spending the week in each other's houses. That's a recipe for disaster. But that doesn't mean you can't have Thanksgiving. So It's not terribly cold in some parts of the country. Maybe you can sit outside far apart. Maybe you could decide to have the meal apart and then just hang out together. Again, distanced, outside, all the rules I said before, masked up. What's what's important is often the social contact and the, the relationships that we have, not necessarily going through the same motions every single time. It would be impossible, as far as I can tell, for us to like invite extended family to fly here, to spend a couple days in our house, to eat all together. Like I, I can't make that safe, especially since my oldest child's gonna be returning from college the day, mm. you know, a day or two before Thanksgiving. We have to quarantine him first. We have to mm. like, you know, make sure that he's safe before we start exposing him to grandparents. So we may wait two weeks and have a later Thanksgiving with my wife's parents or something like that if we choose. But, you know, if we are all super quarantined and her parents are super quarantined and we've made Jacob wait two weeks to see if he's, you know, not got it, then it's a different calculation and we can try to come up with ways to do it as safely as possible. Hmm. I imagine that's hard for people to hear, especially thinking ahead to the end of year holidays, whatever you might celebrate, New Year's, people who haven't seen their families for six, seven, eight months who are trying to close out the year and head into winter and the new year 
with their loved ones. Do you think people are going to be breaking the rules that they've set for themselves throughout the year? Yes. And I think I think, but part of the problem too is I think we keep we keep talking about this as if this ends on December thirty first. <laughs> I constantly feel, find myself being the voice of doom. I think we're going to be doing this well into twenty twenty one. I I just think that we're in this for the long haul, and we need to get used to this. And this is also why I'm like we need to find ways to live with this now, uh, and try to find ways to do all these things safely because abstinence only. Is only going to work for so long. Yeah. And this is not going to be over in two months. It's not going to be over in three months. Um, I'm worried it's not going to be over totally over next summer. And so it's, or even beyond potentially. So I think we have to find ways to do things and be connected safely, as opposed to keep saying we can't do these things at all. What do you say to people who are saying, you know what, I'm just ready to rip the Band-Aid off and get it so I can move on with my life? Look, I have kids. I do this all the time. So it's like when my daughter is losing her mind and she's like, I can't take this anymore and no one else is following the rules, I we negotiate. What do you need? What is the problem of me asking you to wear a mask and not hang out in the basement? Because we're going to have a serious negotiation that can we make this better and still be safe in this way. It's the same thing I would do as a pediatrician, to be honest, as, as a parent with sex. It's like we don't say don't ever have sex. We say okay, we know that you're going to engage in activities. Let's talk about how to make them as safe as possible. Let's talk about, you know, what is more risky, what is less risky, what you need to engage in versus what you want to engage in and what really might be too much and might not be too much. And how do we minimize risk as much as possible and keep you as safe as possible, as opposed to saying like, you either do everything I say or that, you know, that's it. We know that doesn't work. Um, And yet we keep trying that with COVID too. It's not, it's not the way to do so when people are like, I can't take it anymore, it's like, well, what do you what do you need that you're not getting? If it's you need Halloween, I can get you Halloween. <laughs> if it's you need Thanksgiving, I can get you Thanksgiving. We just have to be thoughtful about it. Uh, and the, the problem is, I think too often we're just like either you can have everything or you can have nothing. And and it's we're just not good at sort of those trade-offs and, and negotiating the shades of gray. All right, so the holidays aren't necessarily canceled, but for a lot of people, the safest thing to do will be getting together with your loved ones virtually. How to make that not suck after the break on Today Explained. Support for Today Explained comes from FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. If you like spy thrillers or indeed Elizabeth Moss, then you might want to check out FX's The Veil. It's an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. Oh, I'll go. One woman has a secret, same here, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. Support for this podcast comes from Planned Parenthood. Your body is your own. That's why Planned Parenthood is committed to ensuring that everyone has the information and resources they need to make their own decisions about their bodies, including abortion care. Today, lawmakers who oppose abortion are challenging Planned Parenthood. 
Affordable, high-quality basic healthcare for more than 2 million people is at stake. Planned Parenthood believes that healthcare is a basic human right. That's why they fight every day to push for common-sense policies that protect our right to control our own bodies. They also work tirelessly to oppose the onslaught of new policies aimed at interfering with personal decisions best left to patients and their doctors. They won't give up and they won't back down. You can join Planned Parenthood in the fight to help make sure that the next generation can decide their own futures. The organization needs your support now more than ever. With supporters like you, they can reclaim our rights and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit plannedparenthood.org future to learn more and support their cause. Today, Today Explained. It's Today Explained. I'm Sean Ramos for him. And like you, I've been hanging out with my friends and family virtually this year. And like you, I've found ways to try and make that experience more dynamic. Games, music, costumes. But the holidays are a different story. And most of us haven't been through that cycle yet. But S. Bear Bergman has. He's a writer and storyteller in Toronto who recently published a piece for Vice about how he made the holidays work from a distance. I did. You know, for those of us who are Jewish, we have already now had all of our major holidays, uh, our big food holidays, if you will, (laughs) during the pandemic. And it occurred to me that we've definitely learned some things. And I know that Christians are sort of heading into their big one-two Thanksgiving and Christmas season right now. Uh, So I wanted to write an article and just kind of share some of the things that we've learned that I thought might be helpful. What have you learned? What are the tips you have for people from your experience this year? The first one, honestly, is... Do something special. You know, I definitely understand people feeling like, oh, I couldn't possibly. It's sad. It's exhausting. I don't have the energy. Why would I bother for just, you know, me and my immediate family or me and my housemates? But one of the things that I think we've really learned is that doing something special helps to bring the special feeling. Cook the food, decorate the things, put on your fancy outfit, even if you only put on the top half of it, right? (laughs) Like, no judgment, maybe go wild, put on shoes. Um, but think about how you can really participate. And there are sort of a couple of different locations of that. One of them is food. I'm Jewish. So, you know, we're always sort of thinking about, okay, but what's the snack possibility in this scenario? (laughs) So one thing you can do that's food related is your grandmother, your great uncle, or your auntie, or your mother-in-law, whoever makes the, like, special holiday thing, get them to make it on video, and everybody cook along. Like, this is the year that everybody learns how to make the sweet potato casserole, or the meatballs, or whatever it is that it's just not a holiday without. All right, so we've got putting on your holiday best, doing a cooking class with the fam. What else? 
You can also do what is basically a potluck. If you only know how to make your chicken soup with matzo balls for 40 people and there's only four people in your house right now, make it for 40 and then package it up. Get your other family members who live close or your friends and let everybody make their specialty. And then the morning of, package it up, drive around town, drop off chicken soup with matzo balls at everybody's house or whatever is the thing, the meatballs, the tamales, the feast of the seven fishes, whatever is your your family thing that you do. And then at least you can all be eating the same thing while you're on a Zoom call together. You can all be having, you know, your mother-in-law's famous macaroni cheese and telling her how great it is. That's good for a couple minutes for sure. I like that idea. Did you try that with Passover or Rosh Hashanah? Uh, We did a version of it with Rosh Hashanah where we cooked several different things and a couple of other households cooked several different things. And then we sort of played match and win until everybody had a whole dinner. Hmm. It really felt like a holiday, not just, I went to a lot of trouble to make a fancy meal for the same people who always eat at my table. Like, part of what's great about a holiday is you get to eat other people's special food. Yeah. You know, which I love. I love that too. What about after you eat? Pick a meaningful reading and everybody read a paragraph going around the table. You know, look up your land acknowledgement and figure out what indigenous land your celebration is actually taking place on and find out, you know, what the history of that land situation is. It makes it less like, oh, I'm just eating my food in front of my screen and looking at your food, right? So like, you know, everybody pick a name and make a toast to one other person at the table and just talk about like why they're great for a full minute. And everyone's going to pick Dr. Fauci. I mean, I'll I'll take Dr. Fauci. I could give a <laughs> I could give a 1-minute toast on why he's great right now. You I wouldn't even need to prepare in advance. Go for it. R- really? Yeah, sure. I'd listen to that. Sounds like the dogs would too. Dr. Fauci has held on to the best in public health guidance, regardless of politics, since before the beginning of the AIDS epidemic. Fauci has been 100% not squeamish, not moralizing, fully engaged in the question of what is going to deliver the best health result for the most people In the soonest amount of time, he never participated in the homophobia that was related to the AIDS crisis or in the shaming of people who use drugs, just like he doesn't participate in the shaming of the people now who aren't, you know, even engaging in public health guidelines. He's just steadfast and straightforward, consistently doing the work to the highest level. I came on here to talk about stuffed cabbage, and now we're doing public health. Could you pass the cabbage? I can. I will. I just I feel like uh, I'm ready to show my range today, apparently. 
there I'm gonna I'm gonna raise my glass and give my my holiday spiels about you this year. I really appreciate ha. your time. Thank you so much. Thanks so much. Happy Halloween, Thanksgiving, Hanukkah, and uh, you know Boxing Day up in Canada. Yes, yes, we do. Uh, we do have Boxing Day. We did already have Thanksgiving though in in October. Belated, yeah. But sure. yes, I I happily accept your your belated Canadian Thanksgiving wishes. S. Bear Bergman is a writer based in Toronto, Canada. Some of my favorite friends and family are out there in Toronto too. I miss them, but we Zoom on Sundays. Midweek shoutouts to them. And to the Today Explained team, Will Reed, Muj Zaidi, Halima Shah, Amina Al-Sadi, and Noam Hassenfeld, who did not write this song, nor did Breakmaster Cylinder. Extra help this week from Bird Pinkerton and Cecilia Lay. Afim Shapiro is our engineer. Golda Arthur is our supervising producer. And Liz Kelly Nelson is Vox's editorial director of podcasts. Today Explained is part of the Vox Media Podcast Network. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.